This week's show is brought to you by Venice Beach Beverage. Try their delicious line of ginger teas with 100% daily vitamins in every can. And make sure you try my favorite, Black Cherry. Visit them online at venicebeachbeverage.com. The following episode is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Good day, mates. What's up, lovers and friends? Natalie here, joining me as usual, Ricky Lee. And we got a special guest, right, girl? We do have a special guest. <laughs> I'm, so ex- I'm already laughing of excitement here, but this is going to be an interesting, an interesting evening. So, yes, we have Jessica Ray, a.k.a. Jess. I like calling her Jess. We love Jess. We love Jess. She is a game day producer for the Los Angeles Dodgers. More importantly, she's a writer, director, producer, a filmmaker extraordinaire. Yeah. Yes. So you guys may have heard her um, a couple episodes back when we did the birthday special. She was here with us. <laughs> yeah. She's back. She I'm back, is. We love her. She loves she us. So is. we said, let's have an... Yes, have her back because we yeah. want to talk about her film. Yeah. Okay? So her, her film... Um, Oh my God, I'm already blanking now. Where did oh, raise your hand? Raise We're your nervous. Hand. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> we are nervous. I have like four, four freaking little why are you notes. nervous? I don't know. So her film premiered at Michael. You know why? Mm-hmm. I'm nervous because your film premiered at Michael B. Jordan. And Natalie and I just recorded his film festival. An episode. He's my celebrity crush. Oh man, I saw mm-hmm. him at the Dodgers once. He was <laughs> like, was he as hot as they say he is? And as he looks. Okay, see, in, he is. In picture. Yeah, no, he is. Okay, so yes, I'm sorry. Let's go back. So your film premiered <laughs> at the Michael B. Jordan Social Justice Now Film Festival. And then it won Best Narrative Feature at the Toronto Women in Film Festival also. Right? And then recently that film has been selected to join the American Black Film Festival and the Seattle Latino Film Festival. So you just got an entire little catalog here. Ooh. We're trying to build it up. Yeah. Go Jess. Congratulations Thank on you. all of that. Thank you very much. Those We're are very, big very things. <laughs> we are very excited. It's been a long road. It, uh, we shot it about five years ago. Wow. Um, and it was a labor of love. It was, yeah. a, you know, on, on the ground type of film. Um, we worked a lot of jobs, put a lot of pennies together to make it work and had a lot of like really kind in donations and stuff like that. So what is the film about in a nutshell? In a nutshell, it's about young women. Yay, young women. Yeah. <laughs> um, as they're struggling in the 90s before there were cameras and stuff to be Everybody able to Everybody loves things. the 90s. What? Yeah. Of course, I still live in the 90s. Ask anybody. <laughs> my, my pants are 90s. Very 90s today. <laughs> um, but it's about them essentially overcoming trauma and, and dealing with it in a creative way. Okay, I like yes. that. I like that. So yeah, that's our <laughs> filmmaker. <laughs> I also shoot videos for Rose City Sound. Yeah, <laughs> she does. We're so blessed to have you, I swear. I think like now, you know, we talk pretty regularly, but now sitting here and you're in the interview chair, I'm pretty starstruck. Like, I don't Why? even know what to say. <laughs> well, see, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know what I mean? We, we talk about it and we know this, but when yeah. you formally say something yeah. and you're saying it to the universe and all of these people that listen to us. Yeah. Like, that's why This I is pa- major. That's why I paused with the Michael B. Jordan part because I was just thinking about the Amazon commercial and I'm like, yeah. this broad. Yeah. <laughs> She's, She's seen know, him in the flesh. Associated with him. Yeah. So that's... Those We're are, not like homies. I'm just saying. Listen, it's enough to just be associated. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, do you, how do you take this on? Like, how do you feel... About the festival or what? About your film. About having accomplished this. Yeah, your accomplishment. Um, well, since this is a very honest 
platform. Yeah, I mean, it, please, nothing honest. ever feels good enough. Like yeah. you're always trying to get into another door. Um, mm. It's hard to live in the present. There, the truth is, there really are like a hundred no's to like oh, yeah. the one yes. Yeah. And that one yes, you're going like, is this the right yes? It wasn't the other yes. Why didn't I get the other yes? Like, yeah. I didn't um, even think about that. You're right. So I deal with that a lot. And I think most filmmakers and creative people do, mm-hmm. especially because, especially filmmakers, because our work is collaborative, right? Mm-hmm. So we have a crew. We're reliant on a collaborative situation. Whereas like if you're uh, like a a graphics artist or you know like maybe your job is singular and you can yeah. function on your own or if like you're doing your own podcast or whatnot right. like it's just it's it's always hit or miss and then the festival circuit um it tends to be really political a lot of the time mm, um, really yeah so like there might be I mean essentially the film deals with like um sexual assault right, right. with young yeah. women but if there's two other sexual assault films like they're gonna look at well, who's who's the actor who's most popular, and like, oh, I see, or which one's shorter, right? <laughs> that's gonna fit the. So there's all those other factors that come in to make a festival program, right? And so you never know what's gonna work or not, mm-hmm. and and also like I tend to make films that, you know, make people think, I. Critical thinking. Critical thinking, making people uncomfortable. Like, I'm really good at making people uncomfortable. (laughs) That's a skill set you have. (laughs) And you'll fit right in here in this podcast. 100%. (laughs) Yeah. 100%. So, Jess actually um, got me a little little side hustle Mm. for a film that a friend of yours was working on. Oh, yeah. I'd never been on a set before. I'd never... That was one of my moments in love. That was where they gave me the little flashlight for my head. Oh, okay. So, when she talks about, um, you know... It being a collaborative effort when you're working on a film. Yeah. I mean, no kidding. I, I saw like the cam- the person with the ca- There's no one person with the camera. Right. There's an entire team around the camera. Okay. Like moving it, adjusting it, making sure that the person who's going to look in the camera, through the camera. Right. Has the exact angle that they're trying they to need capture. To see it in. Mm. Incredible. From the set designers to the people feeding the actresses, like everybody played a part. Yeah, it, it, it was. I I felt very much at home. Oh, that's awesome! I was like, oh, I could do this. All this. it was. It's a lot of hard work, right? Yeah, but you don't have to tell anybody why or how to do what they have to do. These right. are people who want to be there. Yeah, and who, who are, just naturally who do. are creatives. Yeah, who see the end game in their, you know, mindset as they're working. Mm-hmm. It's seamless. And I don't know if that's the case in all sets. I imagine, you know. Oh, I mean, it it varies everywhere, right? But right. like overall, I mean, and that's a that is an independent short film. So right. shout out to Nalip and Netflix yes. for putting together that program because the director was chosen and got support through those organizations to be able to shoot this. The director nice. was pregnant. She yes, Eileen full blown pregnant. Full blown, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was a part where we had to change costumes and whatnot uh-huh. this woman full-blown took her shirt off right like she was wearing there. i mean it again you have a mission to accomplish right it doesn't matter at this she's point. got a baby she's walking around wobbling wobble and just got i was so impressed that's and amazing it, it was really it was really something well else. that was a heavy female crew and the dp oh, yeah. judy mm-hmm. foo was the dp on my what's film. a dp a director of photography so okay. the so the person who's actually it's the the camera vision yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like it's not a camera person. 
Barking. It is the camera vision, right? <laughs> okay. So it's not just like the because they sometimes the the um, director of photography isn't the one actually shooting stuff. Sometimes it depends upon the crew, right? Because sometimes there's operators, so they will actually do the operating. But then the DP sometimes will be like behind a monitor, and they're right. they're usually more focused on like the lighting and whatnot, depending okay. on the level you get to. And then the operators are like helping with the camera movement, mm. and like so that's when you get like steady cam or like a stationary cam or you know there's all sorts of different things that you can do and our wonderful friend annie gonzalez was in that film and i've again i've never seen like actors actually performing in that moment yeah it's not that's it's not a cakewalk it is not a cakewalk because you've got like 25 people staring at you like holding things and like Fixing your makeup. And, and then you got to get in the zone. To you got to like, act natural. Like this is part shit. of the, the movie. Yeah, the yeah scene. it's the whole thing. I mean, and that's, but I got to tell you, you know, I guess I don't have like a full moment of love, but like today I had to drop off some headphones to my friend who's working on NCIS. <laughs> and I texted Ricky when this was going on. And I go, so I stopped by to drop off some headphones and I'm going to watch a bus blow up. And she goes, are you watching Speed 2? And I go, no, I'm at this <laughs> set of NCIS and they're about to blow up a bus. Okay. And so I stay there and watch the bus blow up. And I was like, man, I love Hollywood. I was, what did I say? I said, insert Randy Newman's I Love LA. Insert Randy because like, Newman. there's no other place that I want to be than on a film set. Like, I'm so happy. So that yeah. was your moment moment in love today. Watching the bus blow up. Watching a bus blow up. But feeling like you be, that's where you belong. Yeah. That is your natural state. That's where you feel good. I really do. So tell me a little bit. I know we talked a little bit before about um, about film and, you know, your younger self. Can you tell me a little bit about your, <laughs> you know, you growing up and being in film and how did that come about and what piqued your interest and what, what specific moment was it for you where you were like, I want to do this? Mm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a really interesting couple of weeks. Um, and so I'll make a long story short. As a child... I had a pretty difficult childhood growing up and I found a lot of inspiration and happiness through Bette Midler. I thought she was amazing and I saw her in big business when I was like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine. Uh -huh. Maybe I was younger. I might have been like five or six. I don't know. But I saw her and I was like, she is the fucking shit. Yeah. Like, I love this woman so much because she was unapologetically herself which is mm. something that Ricky has said about me right. more than once but I right. think that's where I get it from yeah because it resonated with you when totally you saw did. her being like like you said unapologetically herself, herself. like no stops mm -hmm. and and you said you were eight I probably was younger than that honestly yeah. and then I saw Beaches and I connected with her character in Beaches I made Ricky watch Beaches last week I have terrible. a video of her just bawling I no had to take way. it oh yeah it was terrible you might want to put that on on the <laughs> yeah. on this frequency uh, it was terrible mm -hmm. because I, you know, I thought I saw the movie. And I know the song. I had to learn how to play it on the piano. But but I did see a lot of Bette Midler's character. Uh -huh. A lot of, like, I was like, oh, shit, that's Jess. Like, that's, uh, I have a lot of similarities. Uh -huh. A lot, of, it, was, it tripped me out big time. That was huh. definitely like, oh, what the heck is going on here? So you naturally gravitated towards this well it's not even her character just her being yeah i mean when i was nine mm -hmm. i saved up all my pennies and went to her concert with my fifth grade teacher total dork here <laughs> i remember like going into the store and getting a clearance like what do you call those pleather um mm -hmm. 
vests. Okay. With a, <laughs> okay. With a white shirt. I remember my mom braided my hair. Oh. I had black jeans and I had those ugly patent leather shoes with like the weird material bow on them. And I was so excited to go. So the story goes. We need that picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be somewhere. I don't know where. But I used to have to go to summer school with my mom because she was a teacher. And we used to like paper mache stuff all the time. Uh -huh. So, of course, me. I'm like, let me paper mache a ball with all of Bette Midler's like my favorite songs Aww. and my favorite movies and everything and write them on the ball. So then when I go to the concert, <laughs> I write her this really long letter about how much I love her and how much she's inspired me. And I used to write her a journal every day <sighs> about how I wanted to like be her daughter I'm so sorry. <laughs> but like I wanted her to adopt me and I wanted to just like be in that world so badly. Yeah. So I'd write like for years I wrote her a journal. I don't know where they are. Yeah. But I so I bring this letter and this ball mm -hmm. in a bag mm -hmm. and like and I'm with my teacher and she's like, well, let's find security. Yeah. And give it to security. I didn't leave my address uh. or phone number or anything. Damn like, it. I yes. know. So I never knew. Just if maybe she, like, she's still that. looking for you. I so I mean, since I wait, learned, is she still alive? Yes. And oh my god! Listen, well, I don't know. We have to manifest it. She has to. Is she gonna be it? Is she what? Is she gonna be in Hocus Pocus too? Yes. Why this don't you send her a DM or an email? I or, actually or something. have sent her a DM, but like I don't even know if <gasps> she's she the one who. It? I don't know. She does. I I could check, but I don't think so. <laughs> we have to find out. We have we to have find to, her. No, they, she just <laughs> has to meet her. I was actually. I'm writing a movie about a young girl. I like this idea. Okay. Nobody steal my idea, but it's about a young girl who is in like a, a you know, difficult situation at home as a young person. Yeah. And so she decides instead of going to like this camp that they're going to send her to, she runs uh -huh. away and she makes a road trip following the Bette Midler fan club people and stops in these towns with like all this little money she saved up on the little like city bus. Yes. And yes. she stops and meets all these people who've had these like really inspirational like moments with Bette. And then she gets to bet finally like to her concert and she can't get through and it's all dramatic or whatnot but she finally gets to her and mm -hmm. each person has given her um like a letter that they've written right like because uh, she said write something to bet and i'll deliver it uh -huh. and so she gets to meet bet and it's all emotional and she hands them to her and then bet goes these letters aren't for me they're for you <gasps> and they'd all written to this girl who's on this journey trying to like oh man oh my gosh okay you heard it you here first y'all do that's that. the movie <laughs> So coming I need to her theaters to, I, near you. But see, so into another question, like, what are you up to now? Like filmmaking wise, like what what are your endeavors now? Besides now you have to do that bit movie. Right. And then she'll come to the premiere. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a certain person who has uh, entered my life as of recent who's kind of like reinstilled all these things that I've kind of uh, pushed down because like I've been directing, directing, directing. That's right. all I've wanted to do. And then yeah. it's really opened up this. I don't know, this like space inside of me that was really like private and secret because it was really like my happy space. But mm. it's like reopening up and it's all inspired by Bet because I used to like audition and act and all these things when I was younger. And so now yeah. I'm kind of getting back into that realm and that world. And so Ricky and I were talking about, so she's now doing films, right? Uh -huh. She's going to be the producer in December when we shoot something. Hey. <laughs> By the way, Natalie, you'll be acting in it. So <laughs> if, as long as you can give me coaching lessons. Yeah. Or, you know, <laughs> well, I'll direct lessons. it, but I'm going to direct and act in it. And like, we're just going to have fun, but we're going to make some stuff and I love it. see what happens. But I'm going to try and get back into that, that world because actually that was always my dream was yeah. to like act. Mm -hmm. I just, I fell into directing because it was so awesome. And as a teenager, I found that. I could connect with people really well because uh -huh. I did a lot of stories that were like really 
probably shouldn't have been doing in high school, but just like that could connect with people, right? Messed yeah. up families, like challenging situations, and it was causing a lot of conversation and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, this is what I want to do, but I kind of like put the other side. You naturally yeah. went into a different direction, yeah, but not intentionally. It, it no, like, actually right? not intentionally. It just happened that way, yeah. and then I was like, oh, I'm I like really like this. Oh, so. I'm excited for us. Yeah, Look because us. I think everything she everything you did leading up to now you wanting to dive into the acting part of it was all c- completely to your benefit. Mm-hmm. All of it. All of it, 100%. Like, you have to, at least I'm the type of person that believes that everything that you went through, whether you liked it or not, is just leading you where you got to go to. I wouldn't have believed that about three months ago. But I got to say, now that this is all coming full circle in a way that I did not expect, I'm like, yeah. oh, maybe. <laughs> you <laughs> know, life's journeys. Like, nobody in L.A. knew how much I loved that. Nobody knew. Like, I never talked about it because it was so, like, private and special. And the thing is, is when... I've noticed when Jess talks about bed, yeah, she's, she's like a child, yeah, all sure. over again, like, like giddy, eyes are glowing, yeah, in yeah. the eye, like, yeah. like this is it, yeah, you know. And I think it's so important that, like, we feel that way about the people that inspire us, mm-hmm. and that you know how to experience that. You know how many I'm people so like <laughs> turn the fan. Turn the fan. fan. <laughs> I need the fan. Welcome to my life, my sweaty life. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, like, there's something to say about honoring that inner child. You know, that Ooh, you, yes. you've said that you kept that to yourself and you don't really share that. But what a way to honor the younger you and to bring her back to life and thank her. Dude, you know she's I mean? so cool. Like, I love younger Jess. And yeah. I'm, like, you see remnants Are of it in me. Are her? Yes. My 90s clothes and my, like, my unapologetically myself, Jessica. Yeah. Um it's really starting to come out. And it's really cool because I see it like spreading to people like Ricky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always tell her too when she does her, her hair with her little bolitas on the side. Uh-huh. There's certain facial expressions or just random things that she says that I'm like, that's little baby Jess right there. Like, Aww. And I yeah. and I just because of the way my mind operates, like I imagine her like just little yeah, in her little, little self, just like with you know, little ponytails. Yeah. <laughs> and then with like some AK 47s just blowing walls up because <laughs> that's what that's what Jess does. She blows walls up. People's walls, you know? So what do you think what got you there to now bring out this Jess? I mean, I know what got me there. How and, ex- and we were talking, and this definitely wasn't the topic of conversation. Right, no. no. So, because we were talking about um, languishing. Yeah. So, do you think that, and we'll get into what languishing means, but um, we'll backtrack. D- do you think that that had something to do with it, where now we're sitting in this pandemic? Absolutely. Like, and this has only happened in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Literally. Where, yeah. Li- it's like. Fresh. It's crazy to me because I mean I don't know Ricky what do you, how how have you seen me change Let me ask you a question It's I think it it's like a slow uh ripping off a bandaid very slowly mm-hmm. with Jess where mine's like like fast mm-hmm. with Jess it's very cautious still you mm-hmm. know So she's got her life wounds mm-hmm. there's the bandaid and finally like mm-hmm. there's something peeling that <laughs> peeling at that bandaid Yeah thing. now she's curious like, go. what happens if yes. I do this well, she's curious her. about it. But see, as you're pulling, as she's pulling on this Band-Aid, right? Mm-hmm. Shit's coming up. Yeah. Because you still have that scar. You still have whatever's underneath that the Band-Aid. Wounds. 
right? Mm -hmm. But it's still covering a big piece of who you want to be and what you want to do. Yeah, I feel so that. So as she goes on, it gets pulled. And some days it gets pulled a little harder than the others. Right. And right. then some days show you want to like patch it back up, like close it back yeah. up, but but it never goes back. Yeah. So and it, it goes to say everybody removes those band-aids differently. For sure. And at their own pace. But you can see you can see just like ready, mm -hmm. but also very cautious because mm -hmm. she is very protective of herself and of of who she is, what she is, mm -hmm. and and not handing that out. Yeah, and the just, feelings that come up. Yeah. And who you're going to expose to those feelings because you just said that, you know, you, you, all of those feelings are guarded and you don't want to bring up, what was it, um, the actress, her, yeah, Bette Midler, Bette Midler, COVID brain. Um, but yeah, those things are special to you. So. They are. And also, like, right now, because my mom's dealing with cancer and it's a process, but, like, Bet and my mom are very tied together. Mm -hmm. huh. My mom is still, I just have to get this one piece out. My mom is still angry at me for because <laughs> she brought it up last week. Uh-oh. Eighth grade, basketball. Like, you know when you do the um, like the little summaries, like your name and your favorite food? Uh, yes. So we did those, and then one of them was uh, your hero. And everybody put, like, my grandma or my mom, or and I put Bette Midler. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's so salty about and it. And my mom was like, well, maybe one day you can tell her that she is your hero. Oh. You, you know what? You're going to have to make her, like, your mom something special, what, well, like what a personalized you, one. Yeah. What did you end up telling your mom when she said that? I was like, maybe I will. <laughs> no. <laughs> the no, loyalty I, is real around here. No, I love my mom very, very much. But it's it definitely, as my mom is going through this process, and she's she is... Uh, doing well and mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, going through some treatment that'll really help her. Uh -huh. It's also like all of the stuff it just kind of opened up. It's like a, it's like a, what do you call those? A dam that just like blew open. Oh yeah, yeah. that's how I feel right now every day. Yeah, yeah. It's and a like wind of emotions. Yeah. So I think when you're talking about languish and like mm -hmm. that feeling of being, you know, really like lethargic and tired and everything just being kind of blah yeah it gives you room to <laughs> rip the little band-aid off slowly, mm -hmm. surely i guess because now with, you have time to be in those um, in those feelings yeah and and you know when you find your community and you mm -hmm. find people who you can be safe around yeah you can do that like i made ricky come and watch beaches like i was like <laughs> but yeah. you know i can't I, I can't do that with everybody wait where did you watch beaches you can come over and watch it. no no no. but like do you have like because now i'm curious it's, do you have it on on like digital or do you, i want to no. say vhs i i use yeah, that's, what wow. that's what i'm getting at like where are you putting <laughs> this like on all this old <laughs> okay. okay all right Hi. no it's i so on amazon okay good <laughs> yeah. okay sorry Whew. We're not that old. Don't worry. Yeah. I was like, can I watch this at home? <laughs> yeah, you can. You can watch it on the Amazon. I do want to say that because you called, you said blah. You feel this blah. And that's, want to start with, there's a name for the blah you're feeling and it's called languishing. Language. Mm -hmm. So I saw this post earlier by one of my um, coworkers at Hello Stranger. And I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah, And it was an eye-opening experience for me. And that's why I shared it with you guys. Because I thought, oh my God, I thought that we could all relate to what it, what languishing is. Because they're saying that languishing may be the dominant emotion of 2021. Yeah. Is what they're saying. 
also known as every week on this podcast. <laughs> I'm exhausted. It was rough this week. Yes. Yeah, what the fuck? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. We're languishing. It says it's not burnout, right? Right. It's not depression. Mm-hmm. We just felt somewhat joyless and aimless. Yeah. And that's what languishing is. Yep. Somewhat joyless and aimless. Yeah. I mean, I I feel happiness and joy. I go, I go, but sometimes it feels like, like we, t- we have so many things we want to do. Mm-hmm. So many things we want to do. Mm-hmm. We talk about 10,000 things that we could do all right. the way around. And it feels like we don't do anything. But I, that's the language, right? Right. Because you're like, okay, we can do 25 things a day. Ricky and I were actually supposed to meet up like hours ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hours ago. Yeah. My exercise bike is sitting in its box <laughs> at the front door. And she's supposed to come over two days in a row to help me put it together. Because apparently I can't do it by myself. But right. I took two naps today. Which she needs rest because she has a terrible sleep pattern also. I know. Like, I don't sleep. She doesn't sleep at all. So, so I don't get on her because I'm like, you got to rest. Right. You know, like I... Yeah, it, I mean, how that. sad is it when you get messages from your friends being like, "Good, you're resting." Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so like, happy for you. I won't bother you anymore. Tell me when you're awake. <laughs> I mean, it's true though, because it's bad. Girl says that languishing is a sense of stagnation and yeah. emptiness. It feels as if you're muddling through your days and looking at your life through a foggy windshield. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it feels. Mm-hmm. My boss earlier, remember I was reading that email about, I was, I said, well, um, let me know your vision for the upcoming homestand. And he goes, my vision is foggy. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's yeah. how everybody feels. Just like. I don't know about tomorrow. I just know right these next five yeah. minutes, if that. Yeah. And it says that we're all suffering from chronic languishing. Yeah. Just because we're going on year two of, a, of the pandemic. You want right. to know where it is? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. the chronic. Can you, t- can you tell us where you, what you just did so the viewers, the viewers, the listeners <laughs> can get a visual? <laughs> I am. Um, I vanna whited my Ooh, vanna whited. I, vanna, I like to make up words. I vanna whited my stomach area where the tire is, <laughs> and the tire is that lonja, that little love roll that I cannot get rid of, and it doesn't you matter. Think that's language. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in like a physical form. That's language because you know it's how it's just there. It, <laughs> you know how they say like you you physically become what you're feeling, yeah. or like you physically like however it is, your your physical body represents how yeah. it keeps you warm, but it also <laughs> <laughs> but it also like won't let your pants fit. Like Natalie's here in jeans, and Ricky and I are like we don't fit in jeans. And I don't even know how. Long. I haven't worn a belt and gotten. A- Natalie's over here looking all cute in a belt. And I'm like, I'm oh like, what's a belt? Sorry, y'all. I also was like, oh no, I don't want to eat that. I'm gonna get bloated. Oh, see, Sorry. no. And we were eating mini tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Living your best lives. Language. But you know what? Fuck that. Who cares? I mean, we're I'm in a pandemic. You know what though? I gotta say something. Mm. Although I'm probably like. Towards the higher end of like my heaviest physical self, hmm. I'm actually pretty cool with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And it's because of the You're pandemic okay. that I'm like, whatever. whatever. Like, yeah. Because I was working out and I still go and work out, but I'm I just I don't have like I we were talking about this. I'm happy. Yeah. If I can put the laundry away, all of the laundry. Yeah. Because I negotiate how much of the laundry I put away. And that's even exhausting. Yeah, right. right? We end up exhausting ourselves. I'm not going to do this because I'm going to compensate by doing this. And then that shit's like, what the fuck did I just get myself into? Now the laundry's not put away. The dishes are out. 
I cooked this food. You're like, I'll take the garbage out. And then you put it by the door and then the dog gets in it. And (laughs) you're like, oh, my God, I did nothing. (laughs) But like, really, we did do something. But one thing I didn't get to tell you earlier was like, I also (laughs) worry about being too far on the other end of like, you know, there's the whole like, be nice to yourself, be kind to yourself, like also hold myself accountable and finding that middle ground. Yeah. Because that's how I get the Vanna White Mm. (laughs) is being like, it's okay, Jess. You have survived the today. lovely pooch. But also, like, okay, I survived today, but was I my best? And what does that mean? What does that yeah. mean for us? Like, what does our best mean? Because I think it changes every day. Yeah. I don't know how to, like, because we're all back. going through this language, right? How do we get past that? So I, it tells you how, what you can do. <laughs> but what I thought about was part of my moment of love was I found some old notes. Mm. When I, when... When I'm struggling with things or I'm overwhelmed, I make lists. Mm-hmm. Like one, two, three, four, and I just start writing. Mm-hmm. So I found this list and I'm so happy because this was 2019. Did you April. just pull this from the corner? I did because like I found I it just... today, yes. Oh. But, and I'm glad that you talked about like, you're uh, like, who cares? You're wearing sweats now all the time and it doesn't even They're matter. Really you don't, you don't even care. Hell yeah. So I found this list and on this list, I actually talk about, um, I talk about just wanting to wear sweats. And again, this is before. So you were wearing jeans? Well, the, you succeeded, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Oh, see, February, no, what's for? April? April what's for? <laughs> April 23rd, 2019. Language. I just, <laughs> <laughs> just want to wear a sweatshirt for the rest of my life. You do that now. Why do I have to dress, dress fancy for anything? That That's what was on my mind. Now, mind you, number 10 was, Statement number nine is contrary to statement number seven. Statement number seven was get into that dress because I bought a dress back then. Mm-hmm. It was a great dress. It was Have a you worn the dress? 90s vibe. No, but little Kim did a music video. God, I can't remember who it was with. It was a long sleeve. It was a short dress, mm-hmm. but it was fitted and it was long sleeve. Mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of like that because it's like, you know, it's a short dress, but it's got long sleeves. Okay. And I found a dress very similar to it. Back in 2019. I had it and I wanted to wear it and get in shape for it. I actually think I know what dress you're talking about. Oh my God, it's so great. Well, I just gave it away. Mm. I never actually got to wear it anywhere. Damn it. But it doesn't matter. I it here. I know, I could have. But my point is, is in 2019. Can wear it. Oh, oh <laughs> flawlessly <laughs> too. To oh my God, I should have. Oh, I don't know why I didn't, I didn't think that. But anyway, my point is, is back then all I wanted to do was wear sweats. And now here we are. I like, like, I would, a creature of habit, right? Cute jeans, nice white kicks, a blue sweatshirt, a little chain, cute curls, face done. That's it. I could just dress like that every single day, but I can't do that in the summertime. I need a cooler version well, of Well, all that. you have to do is put on a tank top and you're good. Yeah. True. I've I mean, seen you, you don't do it. go walk up and, And like, I would move. just wear that every day. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't But, like, we talked about else. this recently yeah. about somebody's um, girlfriend or partner, whoever, and about that being, because we were talking about being our authentic selves. And mm-hmm. like, oh, yes. Right. So as females, yeah, there's a whole like stigma about how we're supposed to be dressed, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've always been like, do what I want. Like, but I was a huge like, you know, J-Lo, mm. you know, cute sweatsuit type thing. Mm. I always wanted that. I like the matching outfits. Give me the matching outfits all day long. I agree. I will rock them with the cool kicks. 
I agree. I have no shame in continuing to live in the 90s for the rest of my life. It 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 was. It was we went to um an artist that we were working with and I expected his wife to be like just kind of jlo looking, mm-hmm. right? Like just J-Lo done meaning, up, oh, just okay. completely done up like, you know, he's a, he's a good-looking man. So I'm thinking that he's going to be paired up with someone yeah. who's like that. No, it was the complete Look at the way Jess is dressed today. It was like that uh-huh. with these cool-ass glasses. Just completely artsy, but... Just not what you are expecting. Sports from. bra. I'm not even caring about. Like, I'm comfortable mm-hmm. and creative mm-hmm. and unapologetic. So fuck and off. I remember calling her and I was like, you know what? We overthink all this shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, we have yeah, a great relationship. Sure. Well, I had some friends who were like... As, oh, yes. As I was, you know, starting to talk to a new person in my life, yeah, they were like, girl, you need to change how you dress. You need to like uh, that part. bring it up a level. Stop wearing like chapstick. That. And I was like, I love my chapstick. And they were like, you need to get lip gloss. I swear to God, one of the girls no. pulled lip gloss out of her purse and gave it to me. And she was like, you need <gasps> you to wear need this. this. Throw your chapstick away. And I was like, ew. But no, hold on. Because I did tell Jess. I was the, irritated the inten- with that. The intention was. was good, good though. It was Came like, from a place we want to raise you up. To be at a level, and I was like, "Why? But what? Why is this not like the hottest level? Why is right this here? not enough? Like, what? What measures enough? You know yeah. what I mean? And through this process of COVID and whatever, mm-hmm. like, this is baby Jess. Baby Jess is <laughs> happy. Like, baby Jess was like, "Fuck the world! I don't give a shit. I will do whatever I want. Yeah. Why do you have to change me. for someone else?" Well, society you know I mean? tries and tells you to, like, this is the way you're supposed to be. This is how you get a man. Well, yeah, this, this is, is how you get a job. This is how you, let me just fix this. This is how you get a man, <laughs> get a job. This is how you are successful. Yeah. Like, this is how other women are going to see you. This is how you need to be. And, like, I just want to be me, and mm-hmm. I'm cool with me. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a little different. Yeah. You know? And sure. But my whole life I have been told to be, like, you know, if I don't give a guy attention, it's happened more than once. Like, are you a lesbian? Uh, <laughs> I, I got that a lot, too. I got that a lot. Yeah. This is why this is my twin in another fun. <laughs> I got that a lot. Yeah. And I'm not a lesbian. And I love lesbians. <laughs> and, like, I, but it's just, this is just. I'm I, not a lesbian either, but I do like lesbians. Thank you guys it's for just, confirming. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? Why why is why does this have to be associated with that anyways? Right. Or if I'm not gonna give it up to you, why does that mean that? Oh, but you But you know like what this, though? But it goes like back that. to like what we were talking about the last week when I was really shocked that when I was in my element and sweating profusely and not looking physically my Oh, and best, you had all those guys. And all I had over all you. these guys hitting what did on I me. Tell you? And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. hold on. Because you were your best self. Yeah. I was my best self. You're just in, being authentic with you. In what you're not giving a shit. I was my best self because here's the fucked up part, right? I was my best self, but my own self didn't know that that was my best self. My own self was thinking my best self wasn't good enough mm-hmm. because my best self was this other complete opposite person that mm-hmm. my best sweaty self was. Yeah. I was really shocked. And I think that that's why, like, you are who you are and you will be how you will be. And the person that's going to come into your life is going to love all things about you. And it's not, not going to matter. I mean, what have I said multiple times recently? If you are in my ring, you need to be in my corner. If you're not in my corner, get out of my ring. Mm. And this has been like a theme lately because I've let too many people hang out in my ring. Yeah. And they don't even know it's my ring. 
Right. And now I'm like, yo, you either need to like physically be in my corner or get out. Mm-hmm. You don't have time for all the fuck shit. No, I don't. And I, I used to always make time for it. And I think because of the languish. Yeah. I'm like. <laughs> and just goes hard for people too. Like very, very hard for people. So I imagine that like, because the way she's saying it right now, like if you're not in my corner, it sounds very abrasive. But mm-hmm. it's the complete opposite because the people that she has had in her corner or in her circle in everything, like she goes a thousand percent for everybody. Yeah. For everybody. You're down for your people. 100%. But I like that. It's, it's everyone also. Everyone else is extra. Mm-hmm. But I've never said everyone else is extra. Like this is something new that's coming out of the language mm. of like, guess what? My time, my energy, my yeah. space is valuable. And I didn't realize that. Right. She was, yeah. she was giving it away. But at the same time, in giving it away and helping other people, I don't think you were necessarily, I think you were also holding yourself hostage. Oh, for sure. It's, I'm sure it's a defense mechanism, yeah. a like, way to process trauma or to like hide from it or whatever. For sure. Mm-hmm. I do the same thing. So have you let a lot of relationships go during this pandemic? Mm. I have let a lot of relationships move in the way that they should. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Stand by. It's like that Jorge Drexler song. Nothing is ever lost. It just transforms. That's what that what you just said reminded me of. I'm sorry. And the people that I have felt the need to speak to about whatever, the mm-hmm. ones who are going to stay in my corner and yeah. who have chosen to, like, we've been good. Mm-hmm. And when I say stay in my corner, I'm in their corner too. Like yeah. she said, 100%. Like yeah. 1,000%. I mean. Ride or die. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I roll I with it. anybody. Yeah. And it, sometimes people don't get that either. Like certain someone who you know i might be overwhelming or like care a lot but that's just who i am like i'm and i'm not i'm not gonna apologize for that right and the pandemic and this period of emotion and going through everything i'm like yo i want to give it to the i can't not give it so Mm -hmm. i want to give it to the people who who deserve it the most in my life yeah Yeah. and there's a capacity for all of that you know I, Mm. i i think that it's fair that you're going to give a thousand percent to those that give a thousand percent to you. But I can't imagine that you're giving a thousand percent to a thousand people either. You know, I, think I was. Though. She was. And and I imagine that would be exhausting. Hell yeah. That's why I don't sleep. Girl. I mean, that's the truth. Because it because then if, if you when you stop giving a thousand percent to a thousand people mm-hmm. and then and you can it's, it's that lonely. Person. I got that video of you. It's that lonely feeling. Where all of a oh, sudden yeah. you're like by yourself and you're like... You got to deal with yourself then. Yeah. It's a lot easier to be giving yourself to other people instead of having to like go, okay, let I me... about that video. Oh, yeah. There's like three of them, by the way. It's not just one. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in that chair. <laughs> in this the room. Ther- the yeah. therapy chair. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's kind of what the language has taught me, I guess. Yeah. Like it's been miserable and right. hard right. and challenging but also like you know without it i mean all of us wouldn't be mm-hmm. one together you know 100 like, and, and i've learned how to reach out to people how many times did i like message you and be like you're our you're our wellness coach yeah and I, just, <laughs> I need your help please. i just wanted to check in with you yeah, yeah. can i do this yes. yeah yeah yes you for know sure. for sure we all need somebody and we we i think this pandemic has made it okay for us to identify and hey you know what i have some shit going on i need to talk to you yeah let's talk i need you 
And before it was like, we're all on our bullshit. Yeah. And we're like, oh, you need me? Okay. But how much though? Because I got to go in like five minutes. Yeah. And now it's like, I got got time. Authenticity has Mm -hmm. arrived. Mm -hmm. Oof. Good and bad. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in politics. Yeah. We've seen it in all sorts of avenues through this. Absolutely. Authenticity has arrived. Authenticity has arrived. Yeah, for sure. I think the I think the future is bright. What do you guys think? I don't know about this fucking pandemic, but <laughs> I do. I, I mean, I think it's bright because anybody who's willing to go through it right now mm-hmm. is like, I haven't seen one person not grow who's willing to go through it. If you're not willing, like, goodbye. Yeah. Jump off sure. the boat. For sure. But if you are, I mean, look at like Ricky has changed stuff. You have changed stuff. Michael mm-hmm. has. Bartley has, the you, children have. All of us. Mm-hmm. We're all, Hosea just got back. Jesus, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, Lanier stuff is blowing up. And Ray's DJing now. Like, I mean, we're all <laughs> growing because yeah. we're like, okay, let's I take a minute. Let's yeah. sit. Let's process. And then mm-hmm. let's move. And when you have a community around you, we're raising each other. Right. Right. And Damn. it becomes easier to do those things. You have somebody supporting you. I love it. I love that. I'm just relieved that I know what to call it now because I used to felt very strange when people were like, oh, how are you? And I would say like, you know, I'm good. The fake, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be, they're like, oh my God, you do so much. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. But it always felt, I always- You're complaining mm-hmm. and whiny. I, yeah. And I always felt like that was, that Weak. was disregarding the mm-hmm. fact that I was loving what I was doing. Yeah. Because how could you be exhausted mm-hmm, and feel all kinds of ways if you love what you're doing? Yeah. But I didn't know what to call what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that article, I was like, fuck, it's languish. That's what I'm, yeah, I'm feeling languished. And isn't it crazy um, how it's so easy for us to identify all of our, like our rage moments yeah. and we hang on to that more than we hang on to our happiness. Well, I will say, no, we have progressed because our Mm -hmm. moments of rage in the beginning of this podcast were always on point and were always heavy and we were always prepared because we had more moments of rage. As we started talking more about moments of rage, I think they died out a little bit more because Mm -hmm. we started practicing gratitude even more because with the moments of rage, we found healing moments in just talking about them. And then we would do the moments of love Mm-hmm. Or you're just you take those li- <laughs> you take those little things, and everything's okay. And everything's okay. That rage wasn't as bad as it should have been. Which or we thought it was. Going oh my to god! Be. And that just to everything is okay. Everything's yeah. fine. Natalie, I, I used to hate when she would tell me that it's everything's fine. Everything's gonna be fine. And I'm like, no. That's the meme with the dog and the fire. Mm-hmm. Yes, it okay. is. Everything's okay. So Natalie got me wa- watching the series explained on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I realized today that, well, two things. I'm having a moment of enlightenment right now that I'm excited to share with the <laughs> both of you. Last night, we were talking, I was talking with a friend of mine, and she said, you know what? She was talking about, you know, someone she's involved with. She was like, you know, even though his shit sank, he still loved. Mm-hmm. And, it, and he, she wasn't saying like his shit sank, but like, yeah. meaning like he's not a perfect person. Right. But he still loved. Like, I still love this person. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, and I posted on my Instagram, you know, is love unconditional? I got a lot of great answers from a lot of different people, people. right? Yeah. But it was this morning when I got annoyed with myself. And I'm like, what is my obsession with love? Like, who gives a shit? Like, 
It doesn't matter. Like, stop, that's, Ricky. That's like, such a Ricky question, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is, right? But I'm like, Jesus, it's right. not like you don't have an abundance of it all around you, right? Right. So I watch Explained, and they do a series on dogs. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about the female, mm-hmm. which was my favorite. Mm-hmm. But they actually studied dogs, put them through an MRI mm-hmm. to find out how they felt about things, right? Yeah. Can dogs feel love? Yeah. And their explanation of it, they talk about, you know, their loyalty, yeah, how they communicate. But the very last thing and the most important thing is that when you feel love, you forget about everything. Like you're mm. in that moment. That's so true. You're in that moment and it makes everything okay. And it makes, it makes all the crap that you went through or whatever, mm. in that moment, you're with a person mm-hmm. doesn't matter who the person is right but if you love that person you regard them and you have some kind of relationship with them mm-hmm. and they make you feel like everything really is okay that's love oh that's it in a nutshell thank you for studying Neat. dogs yeah. <laughs> and this is why we have pets and this no. is why we have pets but with that analogy it's what made me think about the way i do love yeah. and experience love and Again, with multiple people and multiple friends and family and and love is timeless, you know. So was wait, was that your explanation for your obsession of, with the topic of love? I realized that my goal in life is my goal in life <gasps> was to not. We got Indy in the house, Hi, Jess's baby. little pup. Hi, so baby. Cute. She's a little patootie. You must say hello. Hi. <laughs> this is my little love right here. She's so cute. She is cute. Her and I share a window at Jess's house. A beautiful little breeze. <laughs> but I wanted to, and I always go back to the unconditional part because m- my cousin Ariana actually had a, a wonderful statement about it. She said, if we could undo what we know about romantic love, mm-hmm. if we could undo the ideas of, of romantic love, we would understand what unconditional love is. Right. Because loving someone unconditionally is loving them not forcing them to be the person that we need them to be, but letting them actually be. So I'm, in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I don't ever, I, I want to be able to be with a person and love them unconditionally as they are, how they are, whether it hurts me or not. Yeah. Be yourself so I could be myself. Mm-hmm. If in the future, mm-hmm. you, you're not with me anymore. Mm-hmm. I got to be okay with that. I want to be in a place that says, cool, I love you so much that I understand that you don't want to be with me no more and you want to be with somebody else or you want to be on your own. You want to do it. I want to be in a place that will accept that. Yeah. And, and will be at peace with whatever happens in my life. Yeah. And that's possibly also a defense mechanism to I not was, get hurt. Did you see you my know? face? <laughs> <laughs> Which is what exactly what it is. Here, hold the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly what it is and how you work. But I also yeah. appreciate that because... There's a lot of there's a lot of truth to that. And one thing that, you know, we've talked about recently is like through all this Bette Midler stuff for me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, you know, that and like the love from Ricky and this really cool relationship that we have developed. Mm -hmm. I have been able like I discovered through my languish that I'm really hiding a lot of myself and and I thought I was like the most open person in the world I really did I was like I'll talk about anything and like come at me I'm an open book it is not true but I didn't know that and through this I learned that right and I'm like oh 
there's a lot of me that I don't share. Uh-huh. And I'm really scared to get hurt. And I'm really scared. That to, Band-Aid. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, damn, it's like really <laughs> clear too. <laughs> but clarity is so good. Because it, then you because then you can exercise compassion with people in, in this sense, right? You thought you were sharing with everybody who you are. Here, here I am, everybody. And and people, your relationships with people were a certain way based on that perception. Right. Well, now that perce- perception's out the window. So far. So now these people are like, what the fuck? What's going on here? So now with your awareness, you're able to exercise compassion with them when they're like, hey, what? Did I miss something? Or how did this? And you have to because you are and shedding new skin, you know? Mm-hmm. And the people that will rock with you mm-hmm. are the people that love you unconditionally and that are going to be there no matter who, what, when, where, why happens. As you are with your own discovery, like it or not. Mm-hmm. That's... Right. And what we talked about was just because our doors are opening... <laughs> doesn't mean that people want to walk through them. That's that unconditional love, right? Like you can love someone and that's like friend, partner, whoever, parent. Mm-hmm. Like, but just because I've opened the door for you to walk through doesn't mean that you are going to walk through. And like that expectation, right. like me putting expectations on that love. Yeah. That's always going to hurt you. Mm. Yeah. Right. right. How do we get thing. to a place where it doesn't hurt us? I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out. So that'll be part two of this app. Like, <laughs> you know, when I get there, I'll let you know. But that's that's the hardest thing. Like, how do you freely open up and love without expectation? That's it. That's the that's well, you that's don't the have goal. any. You just lower your expectations. Just don't have any. <laughs> that's it. And Natalie's always told me that too. Just expect nothing. Yeah. Don't have any expectations. Then you won't get hurt. Yeah, but because I don't want to. I don't want to live my life. That way, though. Yeah, no, and it's. I and I would say I don't want to live alone. Or you can live get, with me. Get oh, we already you have a about window. Getting, getting married, so Jess could have my name and I could have health insurance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like these arrangements. I know it works. Anything is possible. I love Ricky. That's Jesus. the truth. Just get married. It's legal here. It is. Andy's looking at me like, "Bitch, we ain't gonna get that window." <laughs> <laughs> she did look at you like that's my window. I mean, but that's that's the. That is the lesson I'm learning now. And yeah. it's a good lesson. It's healthy. It is hard. Yeah, for sure. It is painful because I'm like, I went through all this mm. like struggle and strife and emotional shit. Go through my door, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and that person's the welcome like, mat. That person's like, it, I'm good. I, I, it, I see the door. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm there. I see it. It's pretty that's there. How, it looks that's, nice. It looks nice. That's how far nice I door. am. A nice and I'm door. like, but why aren't you walking in then? And you know, the tendency for us is to be like, well, I'm going to shut it on you. Mm. Before I get hurt. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and dang. the exercise is don't shut the door. Just right. let it fucking breathe. Mm. But yeah. that that is hard for people who like are used to being able to control a situation. We are very controlling people. Mm-hmm. Very controlling people. Well, yeah, we don't want to get hurt. I think it's natural to want to control. But I think that goes back to you. Just lower your expectations. So, Natalie, I have a question for you. So, how, you being married, like, does any of... I feel like you, you hear this all the time from us. And you're, you're like, do you ever in your mind think, like, what did I do? Or what's going to happen to me? Because I feel like, again, the majority of 
of Rose City Sound is like all over the place. Oh my God. We're so- <laughs> well, we're, I mean, I'm all over the place with you guys. I, I don't feel like I have my shit together half the time and I have you the tendency yourself that way. to control. She does. She does. Well, yeah. I think, I think that you have a better ability out of all of us to be like, mm, bye, girl. I'm yes. good. Yeah. Yes. Which is really cool. Like, I wish I could invoke a little bit more of that. Facts. I just think, and, and you know what? I've been told, like, you know, you'd be an excellent poker player. <laughs> like, you have no, like, no emotion in your face. You just show nothing. And I'm like, yeah, it's just, I'm just going to chill here. I'm cool as a cucumber. Um, but what, I'm sorry. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> You're married. I'm married. And you, you hear all of the horror stories that we have. Yeah. Like, do you worry about that kind of stuff? Like, fuck, is this is this in my future? No, I don't. I don't think I'm worried because I I don't know tomorrow. And mm. yeah, and sure, I think that in different scenarios and situations and shit that Mike and I might be going through, I am thinking like, oh my god, what the fuck? But yeah. then I realize I have to sit my ass back down, and tomorrow isn't promised. And again, another yeah. Jorge Drexler saying is nothing's gonna be okay. He has a wonderful song that says. I don't worry about a thing, yeah, because nothing's, nothing's gonna, gonna be, be okay. all right. There you go. That's what he said. And so that's, I kind of live by song. that these days. It's just like I don't know what's gonna happen in five minutes. Shit could get worse. So yeah, why worry? Yeah, just do it. And I already feel like, just in my life experiences, I've already been through so much that I'm exhausted, and I'm done with all of it. I just want to be at peace, and I just want to be cool, and nothing's bothering me. I don't want to be worried about anything. The fucking sky could have come falling down. Well, I had a good run. Just basically you and I are psychopaths. <laughs> yeah. We worry. Because I'm that. like, well, if I stand over here, if yeah. the sky falls, yeah. am I strategically okay? Or maybe I need to build a hut. Yeah. Maybe not a hut. What about that maybe, health insurance? Yeah. Maybe Should I, I have gotten married? For real. <laughs> it doesn't stop. And I have been told many times as of recent that I overthink things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a defense mechanism, right? Like mm-hmm. I overthink because have you always overthought? Oh God, yeah. I don't think it's overthinking either. I don't think it's overthinking. <laughs> <laughs> Overanalyzing, maybe then. Oh shit. <laughs> or what about just just no? It's something. I try and find out the worst outcome so that I know what the worst is coming for me. So you're prepared. Mm-hmm. That's my defense mechanism. But that's not like. But then you're you're living in a you're in a chronic state of fear mm. and stress. That is PTSD. why. Not, that is why not, I have my Vanna White. And you're not living your life authentically. You know oh no, saying? it's authentic. It's just authentically miserable. <laughs> it's authentically controlled by whatever you're allowing by her fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of fears because I've had a lot of bad experiences, and I'm not where you are. Where I'm like, Meh. I'm still at this place of like. Or I'm, I just want to say I'm still, I'm at this place of like, let me just know the worst that's going to come yeah. so that I can like store up that energy to deal with that. But mm-hmm. then I, but I use that energy to store in that space. This is the language. And then I don't use it to elevate myself or better myself or do the things that I want because I'm reserving it over here Damn. to like make sure that, you know, when, cause like, you know. My dog didn't just die. My dog like had a mental 
like brain damage and then died in Vegas in like the top of a suite. So it's it's never like simple. Right. It's, you know, my trauma is never simple. It's always, always like this graphic experience. It's like eight layers of trauma like put together in one. So I'm like ready for it. I'm like, yeah. Okay, bring, bring it, on, it Bring it on. I'm ready. She's but like that's, a warrior. But yeah, that's girl. hard. It's a lot of work. And I don't mind the work. I don't. It's that like, but when do I let myself bloom, blossom? Okay, so grow. that's that's what you would want. You would want to be in a state of growth. I want to bet myself. And mm. there's this thing. Um, there's this belief that if you're in this constant state of preparing for some shit to happen, the shit's gonna happen because you're calling it into your life. Oh hell, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So this is the part about like where I realized hurt. that on my end, and I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just be all in my head because then it is gonna happen. I don't want that shit for myself. I'm, I'm done with these traumas. I don't want the dog to fall off and have brain damage or. <laughs> she or, fell like know. a foot off the ground too. It was terrible. <laughs> but that's one thing that like Ricky and I have been working on. So mm-hmm. when we're feeling a certain way, we call each other. We have okay. So if you text support animal, <laughs> that means please call right away, no matter what's going on. Aww. That's code for. Yes. Now stop what you're doing. Yeah. And I call me something. right now. Oh. Yeah. Like yeah. That. We have another one. What's the other one? What is the other one? It's mine. Yeah. Fuck. How are you gonna call me if you don't have your word? <laughs> I don't know because because I usually just call her. <laughs> but But she lies about it or she's not honest. And she told me she goes, Sometimes I, uh, when I feel really terrible, I call you and I bullshit yeah. and I like pretend that I'm on a walk or something or whatever. And, I, <laughs> and then you just talk me through shit and I'm fine. But she doesn't tell me that she's going through some sort uh, of Because then it would be admitting it that yeah. there's that I much is not together. Also, I, I always know when something's going on. Yeah, even but when I, mean, I don't call. But realistically, whose shit is together? I don't think anyone has their shit together. Bartley, how's your shit going? Is he here? Bartley. See, he doesn't even have his shit together. <laughs> no, can't I, even get the mic. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. Uh, I just had myself muted. I didn't want to disturb you guys. Uh, my shit is all over the place. So, you see, how do you cope with it? Um, internally, which is mm, probably not the best yeah. way to cope with it. Do you know? Do you know anyone that has their shit together, Bartley? Um, or looks like it, right? Because we're based. Natalie looks so. like it. She does. Oh God, no! I feel like my parents have their shit together. <laughs> really? Okay. What makes you say that? Um, just you know, there's they're set up really well for retirement here soon. Nice. Um, they have multiple you know income properties, and they're so. they're they're about to call it quits on the working end. So I feel like, you know, that's having your shit together. Are they looking to adopt anyone? Because I'm available. Yeah. <laughs> Bartley's like, I'm trying to get on that. I'm, st- I'm, still- I'm part of the family and I'm trying to get adopted. Okay, so. Nice. Nice. But you see, like, there, there isn't really many people that have their shit together. No, but that's why it's helpful, right? Because I know now when I'm spiraling mm-hmm. and I know now when I'm like, <gasps> and I'll reach out, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll, she'll talk me through it. We'll talk this, this, that, and the other. Yeah. Same with her. I told her when you, you know, you feel a certain way, call me. Yeah. Let's well, and we have a really good, uh, the uh, probably the reason why I'm such good friends with Ricky, besides the fact that we're twins in other fonts, <laughs> is that Ricky's initial reaction isn't to make you feel better. Right. <laughs> like, you could be like, oh, this happened, this happened, this happened, I feel this way, I don't like it, I don't like it. And she goes, so... 
why do you think you're feeling like it's not like let me hug you we talked about the awkward hug yes. yeah she has an awkward hug which did work one time yes but you know she's like well why and mm-hmm. like let's get to the core of that right. when like initially like you just want to hug and she's like i'm not gonna get that to you. we're gonna we're gonna like get there get to the root yeah. cause and one time i had to be like you know what i can't do this right now but yeah. that was a good yeah boundaries you know what you just that's you just made me realize how much i've learned from my uncle oscar i learned that from my uncle oscar like he's one of those people that's like tell me about it let me understand mm-hmm. like like genuine desire to understand what it is that you're feeling and what you're going through and I didn't realize how much I do that until I heard you say it right now. I got to text my Uncle Oscar and tell him thank you. Because he's <laughs> it's like It's really that. helpful because the, you know, now the band-aid. Now we process our, our feelings. Yeah. Because we as a society don't know how to help each other process Mm-mm. or like process ourselves or whatever. Our reaction is like, let's just make it stop. Yeah. How do, how do mm-hmm. I get you to yes. shut up stop so I bleeding. can continue on my day? Yeah. Honestly. That's, that's the truth. truth. That's the truth. I'm busy. Yeah, that's the truth. Like, okay, so what do I need to do to fix it? What do I have to say? What do I have to do? Right. What can Tell I buy me you? What you need from me? Yeah, as, as opposed to like giving the time and the energy to get to a place that you can breathe, mm-hmm. which is another conversation that we had. Like, how difficult it is to really have like honest relationships with people, like friendships. Mm-hmm. The movie Beaches. It's about a friendship, and like these these two friends. They have some real honest, like, ooh, mm-hmm. yeah. very difficult conversations with one another. But they never abandon each other. They'll give each other space. Right. Cool. I piss you off. You piss me off. Give each other some space. Mm-hmm. But to, And it goes back to unconditional love. Like, when you know that that person is in your life and you can be who, how, whatever you are. Right. You know that, all right, I hurt your feelings. You hurt mine. Let's step away from it for a little bit. But we're going to be good. And I'm still going to have your back. Yeah. I feel like everything is so disposable now. Mm-hmm. Everything is just like you said, and selfish. Stop the bleeding. Get out the way. And I would bring this full circle and say those are the kinds of movies that I make, <laughs> and that's why I make those movies because mm. we don't see them. We see things. I mean, not as much now, but like we see things that are well. This is what we think would happen. Right. This is what we're told would happen. But I make the ones that this is what actually happens. Right. Mm. And it's not a Disney movie. No, I don't make Disney movies, which is why. It, Disney, if you want to pick up my stuff, though, feel free. <laughs> no problems here. But I make the stuff that makes people uncomfortable because they're going, oh, man, I do that. Or like, oh, I've been through that. Mm-hmm. Or, right. It's relatable. It's realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important um, because we just don't see that. And we need representation like that. Mm-hmm. All of us. Like, yeah. it's not just about black, white, Latino women, men, whatever. Like, it's about, like, seeing our Human. authentic selves mm-hmm. on screen dealing with stuff mm-hmm. so that we can go oh because so many people like don't talk this is what like really inspired me as a kid i did this show buried child by sam shepherd in high school which no one should ever be allowed to do in high school because it's like <laughs> about some like totally fucked up family and there's like a dead fetus buried in the backyard oh my and, god you did that in high school yeah oh, so good yes. i know Wise beyond your wise beyond your years. Ago. I remember my teacher came up to me and he sh- he shook my hand afterwards and he goes, uh, "I was going to leave, but I didn't out of out of respect for you guys." And he said, "That's the best thing that I've ever seen." Oh wow! Um, in twenty years, and there won't be another thing in twenty years. But I definitely wanted to leave. <laughs> I was wow. like, "Oh my gosh!" And that's when I was like, "Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do." Yeah, huh. I got it. 
this is what I was meant to do is like make people uncomfortable. It's just like we're making you uncomfortable with how hot it is in here. But it, <laughs> I, I touched the fan and I, I made it. Wait, so you, so you, you had so many indicators in your life along yeah. the way that were that identifying was, for you. This is what you got to do. Yeah, keep going. Oh, a hundred percent. Right track. Because I was writing a play about a messed up family, which was a mine, and I was like, oh, I can't do this to my family. Like my mom's gonna have a heart attack. Like everyone, like I was really worried, you know. Mm -hmm. But I read this play. We were doing an exercise, and I was like, oh. I want to, can I do this? And they were like, sure, why not? They didn't know mm -hmm. you were gonna that it was do, personal to you. It. Well, that, yeah, that all this was going to happen. Like, I mean, there's, a, I really clearly remember a scene where the, like, nephew puts his fingers in the girl's mouth. Like, it's, a, like, shouldn't, but it was, we all, like, bonded together and, like, really put our hearts and souls into it. We had real grass. We had, like, rain running from the ceiling in this little black box theater. Made the whole school stink because the grass was like getting moldy, but we were like, <laughs> <laughs> but like that's that's the conversations that happened after that where people and oh, yeah. and, I imagine. and with the crew being like, I get this and I get that, and I want to do this because of like this is how I feel with whoever in my family, or, right. you know, that's what inspired me so much to want to create art. Yeah. And I know you do that through music, mm. like that same thing, You're that telling same your story. emotion, yeah. But I was like, this is amazing. Like, this is such an incredible opportunity. Mm -hmm. I want to do this. So that's it was like your it. drug. Absolutely. It was my drug. It was my medicine. It still is. It's my, I'll watch a bus blow up any day. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, this is so cool. So um, I usually, like lately, I've been asking for book recommendations. But because you're a filmmaker... Do you have any of your favorite films that you would like oh, to Oh, please share? watch Pan's Labyrinth if you haven't seen it. Wait, Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah. Is with... Uh, it's a Guillermo del Toro movie before... Can we just talk about him really quick? Because yeah. I've I been was, to his house. I was in his presence, Bartley. At the party. The Perlman party? Yeah, I saw, I saw him in the picture and I was like, why didn't anybody invite me? Mm. I didn't even know it was him. Mm. Well, that's a shame. You missed out. I know. Wait, he was there? Yes. Done with both of you. Yes. He's partly. a pretty, pretty, like, iconic you can't, person. And you can't miss him. I don't even know who he is. So. so when I was in the fellowship with Bad Robot and J.J. Abrams, he would set up, um, or the program set up for us to be able to meet with various people who work in the industry. Now, Guillermo, he, his workhouse is mm -hmm. like a block away from his regular house. Okay. So we got his to go to- workhouse? Yeah. So he has a house that he works out of. And it is the coolest fucking shit. I still want a rain room in my house. Let me try and explain to you. I'm closing my eyes so I can tell you what his house looked like. But you walk in. This is the workhouse. I'm Every room eyes. is themed, right? With like horror, romance. <gasps> um, oh like, and there's every book ever written. There are movie props dating back from like the early 1900s art to present day. Like everything in the room embodies whatever that theme is. And his friends come all the time. To get inspiration what? and to like, That's they dope. just, oh my God, it's Do so you have his cool. number, Jess? No, I don't have Dang his number. It. So I didn't know what he looked like, so I looked him up and I remember seeing him at the party. He is, we fucked up, like, Bartley. We definitely is, fucked we up. We fucked up big time. I love him so much. As a filmmaker, he is my total inspiration. Like, in that movie, okay, so I'm sorry, I digress and I will get off no, this please. podcast. No spoilers. No, 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 no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. But like... So he, so I'm, I was there with one other fellow, right? There was, we were the first two fellows ever of Bad Robot. And it was okay. like a really big deal. Hanjin and I, and we're sitting there. And he thought it was going to be like a pretty quick thing. 
Yeah. And we sat there for four hours talking to him <laughs> about life, <laughs> about like questioning our existence That's and awesome. our goals. Should we be doing this? And he goes, man, you guys, I thought you were just going to ask me about film. He goes, this is really, really interesting and really <laughs> awesome. I did not think you'd be asking me these questions. But it was so cool to have him talk to us about. So like the never ending story, right? We talked about mm-hmm. that. He goes, what's your favorite movie? And I was like, never ending story as a kid because I, I was so I love fascinated. that movie. I love that movie. How you could be in the story. Yes. Amazing. That movie scared me, made me cry, made me what? Yeah. That movie was a a, a roller coaster of emotion. Everything. That movie is everything. (laughs) I don't think I ever watched it because it looked scary. It it was. It was scary. It it had its moments of of scariness. Basically, it's an outcast kid who doesn't fit in. His mother passed away. That You know that right away. Uh And he's trying to navigate through life. He like is nerdy likes books there's bullies he hides in the bookstore <laughs> he steals this book that has this like weird emblem on it and the guy is like that's not for you when he steals it anyways and he's reading it and there's like this big like rainstorm and as he's reading it it's this like really scary story and all of a sudden he's in the book oh, but he's, in he's the a attic. part of the story yeah oh, and shit. i was like so this is gonna be really weird but that's one of those movies that i can only watch in the winter time i would never watch mm. that movie in the summertime can we watch it at my house i'm down Okay. Only in the wintertime, it has to be cold outside. Fine. So, the window. Um, you can sit by the window. Guillermo, <laughs> he does uh, The Shape of Water. Yeah. That's one of my favorite films. It, the color in that movie, the, the the everything, the sets, I immediately fell in love with. He's with, fucking amazing. He's a genius. He's an absolute genius. And I didn't say hi. You're done. I was in his presence. <laughs> so, fuck. At the end of the movie... Pan's, lab- Pan's Labyrinth? Okay. He had this ability to do something that was the most inspiring to me that I've ever seen in any movie ever in my life. Mm-hmm. To feel complete, utter despair and sadness and complete, pure love and happiness at the exact same time mm-hmm. with the exact same emotion. Like, or situation. Like, I was just like, <sighs> how did he do that? Black and white was on the same page. Huh. Blending in every color. And I was like, this, like, mind blown. Favorite movie, everybody. I, I'm gonna know, now I'm going to watch it because I, I, I don't this think movie. I've watched. Well, Penn's Labyrinth won a lot of awards. awards. It, it was uh, because it's in, it's in Spanish, obviously. So, like, not everybody saw it because people are dumb. But it's <laughs> just, man. It's the same level as Neverending Story where you're, like, in reality and in fantasy, but you're in the same world. Anyone who has the capability of doing that, like, hands down, like, I bow to you if you can do that. Remember that day I told you I wanted to throw up and cry at the same time? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I'm pulling it now. Okay. Dang, Jess, that this. was pretty powerful because, I like, you, I want to watch that. I don't know. Okay. I mean, everything has, you know, you, you could pick apart any movie, but, like, the ability to evoke those emotions is right. just... At the same time. And you can see the characters really try, all of them, even the bad guys, all of them trying to do the right thing. All of them, like, it's... For the greater good. For the greater good, there's politics involved. There's a lot of things that happened. And and your hero chooses badly at one point. And you're like, oh, man. The deception. Yeah. Well, because you want your hero to always, you know, move forward. And... I just... Oh, it's on Netflix. 
Look oh, at that. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to watch I'm it tonight. I'm watching this tonight. Okay. Yeah. So, so I would recommend Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. I would also recommend A League of Their Own because… Yeah, that's a classic. It is a classic. And that's a classic. And it's fun. It's women-oriented. It's good writing. I was writing. very inspired by that movie when Directed it came Directed by a woman. Go Penny Marshall. Penny. It, there's so much good about that movie too. True story. I think… Um, you should have been in that movie. That's there's no crying in baseball. baseball. Yes. There's no crying. No, no crying. crying. No crying in baseball. No crying in baseball. I know that whole movie by heart. Sometimes on the headset of the <laughs> Dodgers, we'll start reciting it, and I just Bam. don't stop. You have a favorite Disney movie? Ooh, favorite Disney movie, Hocus Pocus. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, did you know that, uh, Ricky, did you know that part of A League of Their Own was filmed here in Ontario? Yeah, on... on um, yeah, at Jay Little Tin Ballpark. Jay Little Tin Ballpark mm-hmm. on Grove, 4th and Grove. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. See, we're famous. That's awesome. The Ontario. (laughs) I was never a kid that um, grew up on, like, I was not a movie buff. I was like the push my brothers and sisters in a stroller and get the the two for 99 cent movies on Tuesdays. Mm. I was a theater kid. So I had to like learn later on. And I always felt behind in film school because everyone was like, oh, I've watched this movie and that movie. And I'm like, mm, I watch Ghostbusters and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but I'm cool with who I am. It's just like my clothes, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yes, I love Ghostbusters. Um, Ghostbusters 2 specifically. Mm. Ghostbusters 1 a little scary, but. <laughs> Wait, is that the one with the guy Ghostbusters with the big one forehead? The, no, that's 2. That one is the scariest one. Yeah. Scares the crap on the painting? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Why do you think I don't like hallways? Why do you think mm. I don't live in an apartment building with hallways? It's because of the eyes when he's like. Psh. That's a scary. You're one. I 100 like, percent oh. agree with that. That shit's scary. Ghostbusters too. Yeah. <laughs> That's the shit right there. But I, you know, Back to the Future. First movie I saw. Mm. My mom loved Back to the Future. How cool was it for us to like step into a world of possibility? Because it was all like. Technology and innovation. It was a step away from us. Some crazy dude made a time machine and it got stuck because he was a crazy dude and it didn't like totally work out exactly the way he wanted. And being able to like explore the past and the future at the same time. Right. I mean, that's a metaphor of exploring our own past and our future at the same time and Mm. like figuring out where we're going. And do we have control of our future and do we have control? Toggling back and forth between the Mm. two. Can you change it? What does it mean when you change it? Like that had so many messages and meanings in it. Beyond just like a funny movie, like that shit was deep. If you really dig into it, yeah. Jesus. Well, if you dig into most movies, I feel like there's more in in the film and the message that it wants to say besides the oh, and they lived happily ever after. What the fuck? What you if mean? you watch Netflix, it's like there's a new series called like uh, how they made the movies. I forget what it's called, but it's on right now, so mm. it's kind of fun. It's not the movies that made us. The movies that made us, and there's a Christmas uh, version. Yeah, I have to look into that. Yeah, it's just fun if you guys want to watch that type of stuff. I find it really cool. But I definitely recommend Pan's Labyrinth. Everyone who managed to get through this whole podcast, please watch Pan's Labyrinth. (laughs) It'll change you. I love it. We're going to watch that tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, you were great, Jess. Thank you so much, Jess, for this conversation. (laughs) This was fun. Thank you for your story and your recommendations. I'm like nervous now. Everybody knows about my love for Bet. The whole world knows. No, we need that because we're going to meet Bet. Yeah, we are. Oh where, boy. where can we where can we find your work? Where can we find you? Uh, you can, can find do? me on Instagram, um, Jessica with a Y underscore Ray. Uh, also, raise your hand. Film mm-hmm. on Instagram, and you can also check out our film on American Black Film Festival ABFF. If you search that, 
It's coming up in November. It's free online for about 10 days. I don't know the exact dates, but it's free for everyone. So check it out. Um, and there's a ton of other really great films that are going to be shown. And then Seattle, we don't know the release dates yet, but we'll find out. I want to go to Seattle. I'll be your date. I would love for you to I'll be my date. Yes. yes, please come. Please come. We can do a podcast from Seattle. I love Yay. it. Uh, and it would be great to hear from our lead actress, Jernest, and yes. Hanani, who is an amazing singer who sang two of our songs on the Ooh. soundtrack. Damn. Wrote them for us. She did this culture She's doing good. a lot. I love her. I we got so many great, great, great people. And Jernest just finished up a Christmas movie. And she was on Sneakerheads, if you guys saw that. Yes. Yep. So she Sneaker that was, was her big. Netflix show that she just did. Nice. I saw that. Yeah. So, so just, many man. amazing things coming your way, girl. I Let's hope see. so. No. We talk about no, all. so. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about all this languished. I know. The language stuff. is still there. It's like languishing. But Hashtag team languish the languish. Languish the languish. We're going to languish the languish. All right. Get that shit out Let's the way. languish it. All right. Well, with that, that's our show. Thank you again for hanging out with us, having this Thanks, conversation. And we'll see everyone real soon. Increase the peace. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Thank you to everyone who joined us this week. I am Ricky Limota, and I'm joined by the beautiful Natalie Mota. And we're live from Rose City Sound Studio in the beautiful Inland Empire. Shouts out to Big Brother Jake for all of the love and support. Today's episode was produced by the infamous Juice Box Bartley. We are on this frequency. Make sure to share us, like us. We drop a new episode every Wednesday. Wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where you'll find us. Make sure if you have any questions, you got topics you want to talk about, hit us up, email us on this frequency at gmail.com. Support the movement. Drop it like it's hot. See you later, y'all. Meow, 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 meow. Fucking shitball. Meow.